Hey, what's going on with the Arizona real estate market? Let's talk about it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Financial Sense, Arizona's financial podcast that gives you insights that you could only get from a friend in the business. Recorded and brought to you by National Bank of Arizona, the only bank you need. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Cannon. I'm the Director of Community Banking here at National Bank of Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us in our new season of Financial Sense. Today, we're talking about real estate in Arizona. Well, we're talking about it as well as everybody else. And joining me is Greg Haig, founder of 72 Soul. Hey, Brent, thank you. Appreciate you having me on the show. You bet. Glad to have you, Greg. And Mitch Gutierrez, a mortgage lending officer here at National Bank of Arizona. Welcome, Mitch. Hello, Brent. Thanks for having me. So Greg and Mitch, on this podcast, we like to give people insights that they can only get from having a friend in the business. With that, our subject today is the real estate real estate market in uh, the residential real estate market in Arizona. So, Greg, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, why, why, why are we in this market? What what's kind of driving the appreciation and these kind of you know what I would call you know a sticker tag you know shock from buyers and sellers you know counting all their dough. I mean, why? Great question and interesting in its simplest form. It is supply and demand. And as interest rates have fallen over the past few years, that obviously has created huge demand for housing. Back in 1981, I remember when interest rates, I mean, truly 18%. And to me, I've always felt like a 6%, 7% rate was kind of about right. That was pretty normal. And Something below 6% was like, wow, that's five point something. That's amazing. (laughs) And, you know, these historically low interest rates obviously make homes more affordable. And that has driven huge demand for properties. Then the other thing, it's interesting that I think a lot of people don't know, is what else has driven demand for property. And that is the demand by institutional investors for rental. So right now in Arizona, it's estimated that 20 to 25% in some areas of the homes that would normally be purchased by you and me for our family, that they're being purchased by investors for rental. So that has added a component of demand that we've not previously had in Arizona or in this country. And some of those investors are major institutions, corporations that are accumulating thousands of homes all over the country because they view they view an investment in real estate to perhaps be better than stock or other areas. So we have two big components. We have the normal person, the family that would buy, and that's being driven by low interest rates. And then we have the institutional investors, and that's a new type of demand we've seen over the years. So that is creating huge demand on the market. And then on the supply side, we've obviously had, you've heard the old, now it's a cliche, you know, the supply chain issues. So you have the supply chain issues, which are continuing to inhibit the number of new homes that can be built. And then a lot of people refinance their homes when interest rates were down around three or even below. And they are reluctant right now to sell because interest rates are a bit higher. Those factors are causing a massive imbalance with very low supply and very high demand. And uh, that's a problem that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. It's really the perfect storm, isn't it? I mean, 
you, you know, when you when you kind of look at this market, and I look at it a lot, it's uh, I look at it and I and and all these factors contribute, and and it's really, I mean, perfect storm keeps coming to my mind. Hey, hey, Mitch, in the last couple of years, I'd like you to kind of talk about the listeners. I know folks that have refinanced uh, or 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 purchased money in buying. I mean, you from your perspective in the industry. Um, I know there's been challenges. Share share some of kind of volume, you know, what you've seen in the last couple of years due to this interest rate environment. Yes, absolutely. We've seen a, a big difference in applications coming in, you know, purchases um, for sure, refinances. Um, a lot of people have taken advantage of lower rates, uh, but those are starting to taper off now. As Greg mentioned, that the rates are starting to increase a bit. Um, but I want to go back to uh, Greg's point on the inventory. So, What's really picked up in the past couple of years is construction lending. So as you may or may not know, the bank does offer a, uh, a one-time construction loan program, which is very competitive, great program. And I've seen probably triple the volume come in for that product. And I just see because of the inventory being so low, now people are like, okay, there's not houses available for me to buy, so why don't I just go buy my own? The other side is, you know, with COVID, you had people sitting in their houses and working from home, staring at the walls. And I think that uh, that caused a lot of people to look around and say, you know what, we need to do some renovations. So a lot of people also doing, you know, cash out refinances and the construction uh, lending as well. But I do see the uh, the refinances tapering off, but purchases and uh, the construction lending, I mean, those are still great rates right now, even though they're talking about them going up. I'm sure we'll get that, into that here in a bit. But um, but yes, definitely business has been absolutely nuts for the past couple of years. Let's do some prognostications here in the interest rates. Um, first of all, what's your what's your opinion? I'm sure I think I probably know it, but uh, Fed's talking about moving rates, uh, you know, probably three times, maybe four, but probably three times this year. How does that impact? How does that affect mortgage rates for for especially the, the non-banker real estate agent? Uh, you know, how does that impact? The, the mortgage rates, what should they expect? Well, I'm not in Washington. I'm not in office. I'm not a politician and I'm not with the Federal Reserve. But here's what I think. <laughs> with, all, with all those disclaimers, here's right. what I think. Number one, I think that the, uh, we'll call it the government, the Fed, sees inflation as a problem. So we've got inflation in a variety of core areas like food and, uh, and gasoline. So how do we solve that? Well, we call uh, home price increases appreciation. Right. Wow, that's great. Home prices, if you own a home. Yeah. If you don't own a home, it's a problem. If you do own a home, it's great. Price of my home is going up. I'm getting great appreciation. The Fed sees that as inflation. And housing right now, the price of a home is it probably the single biggest inflation factor in this country? Right. So there's, I predicted this months ago. There's no question. Anybody in my industry saw it coming. The Fed is going to keep pushing up, pushing up, pushing up rates. They have to. Right. They have to do that. They have to slow down this market, the, the housing market. But here's what they're missing. You want to know what they're missing? What? It's never, this situation has never existed before. And because they're not in real estate, I don't think they're seeing something. You see, what normally would be the case is if you crank up interest rates, that lowers demand, 
lowering demand is going to temper inflation in houses. In other words, homes won't shoot up as quickly in value. That's the simple equation always worked in the past. I don't think it's going to work this time. Why is that? Let me tell you why. Because they'll crank up interest rates. So what will happen is as they crank up rates, nobody's going to want to sell because nobody who's got a 2.8% loan on their home is going to want to take one out at five or at six. And so when I say nobody, only people who just like have to sell because they're get a job transfer or something you're going to sell. So while the, the Fed will temper demand, sure, get it. What they're also going to do is make homes less affordable. So that's a problem. And the other thing is they're going to keep people from selling. And if they lower supply while they're lowering demand, all they do is raise the cost to own a home for those that have to sell and have to buy. And I think that's what's going to happen. I actually think the move to raise interest rates is going to backfire. And I think they're going to look back in a year and they're going to see that it did not decrease the appreciation or inflation in homes. That's very, very interesting. It's a very interesting discussion. Uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on, on, on the interest rate environment and the ultimate impact? Yeah, so as we know, the, the feds are going to be meeting up in March and they're saying that they're going to increase rates. So, you know, that rate could be anywhere from a quarter to a half percent. Now, this is on... Prime, right? Um, and, and they're saying maybe three to seven times um, uh, over the next year. But what people don't realize is prime rate doesn't actually have a direct impact on mortgage rates. Um, the way mortgage rates are um, are based off of is the ten year Treasury. So just to give you an idea, the ten year Treasury today is one point eight percent. Back in twenty twenty, it was as low as 06 percent. And that's when you have the really low percent, low rates on mortgages. So do I see mortgage rates um, really uh, fluctuating or increasing um, a, a huge amount? I don't. Um, you just look at the inflation rate um, and the, the 10-year treasury. Uh, it really didn't, it did fluctuate, but it really didn't fluctuate the, that, that big of an amount where it adjusted rate. And I don't foresee that happening again this year. You know, as Greg had mentioned, the, the other factors that are all involved there. So, yeah, uh, maybe we're in the low fours. But back in 2008, uh, when we had that last crash, um, we were at 4% back then. We survived. And everybody, you know, thought that that was the highest rates back then. Well, no, guess what? Back in the 80s, the rates were as high as 16 to 18%. So, but inflation at that time... Um, was what fourteen uh, percent, the highest you know it's ever been in in the history. So we're at seven percent. We'll see if we can get that down. But yeah, I, I think we'll see an adjustment, but it's not going to be a, a huge adjustment that's going to cause people to say, "Yeah, I just can't buy a house. I can't afford it." Well, that's those are great points, and your points really make I think Greg's points that you know that with the rate increase, we've seen probably close to one hundred fifty ish basis point increase in the last twelve to. 14, 15 months and it's not slowing down. So uh, due to those other drivers, uh, yeah, full disclosure, uh, all three of none, none of the three of us are economists. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we don't work for the Fed. Uh, we don't impact Fed funds rate, uh, but uh, it's interesting to kind of see how that ties to the mortgage rates. I think that's a big question for a lot of folks is, okay, the Fed's talked about bumping this Fed funds rate how does that impact, you know, the 10 year or what is the mortgage rates based off of? So, Mitch, I think that was that was some very nice uh, 
um, uh, discussion and uh, description. So I, you know, I want to ask this. I think I know the answer, Greg. You've touched on it, but your and I'll get a consensus from you both. But let's go over the next, say, three, thirty, twelve to or, or twelve to thirty-six months uh, as a time horizon. What do you see in the Arizona market from in terms of uh, supply, demand, appreciation, um, et cetera? We're not economists. It's obviously guesswork, but it's educated guesswork. Bottom line is, I think we'll have um, continue to have uh, a challenge for home buyers. I think they'll continue to be low, low, low supply, and I think we will see robust appreciation. I think people that have a home loan at four percent or four and a half percent or five percent or whatever it is, I think they're going to have a home run when it comes to what they're paying for their loan versus what their home is appreciating. Right. Yeah, that's that's a really good view, and and you know, longer term than that. Uh, it, you know, when I think about it, I, I just I see the population uh, projections, the growth in population projections for the state of Arizona. And I just can't fathom <laughs> even a longer term than that 36 month time horizon. I can't fathom having enough supply to ultimately meet the demand. I mean, and, and that's going up five to 10 years, uh, you know. I do. And I think that Arizona will far outperform uh, the country. So when you see things softening up a bit nationwide, I think because of the desirability of Arizona, so many people moving here from out of state and the vibrancy of our economy, I think we will far outperform most other areas. So yes, I agree with you. I can't see any scenario other than something that's just unforeseen, a black swan right. that will keep us, uh, that will hold us back in the foreseeable future. I'm not as aggressive as uh, as Greg on the, the prediction of appreciation, um, although I do see appreciation, but not as aggressive as it's been the past, you know, a couple of years. Uh, definitely supply and demand plays a factor in that. Um, but with rates going up, um, I think that will slow down people buying just because of the, the value, you know, the value of money. So, um, but again, I do see, you know, still appreciation happening. Um, and we just can't deny that everybody wants to move to Arizona and, and they just, they love you here. You know, there's no wonder why that is, but, um, you know, with, with the supply not available and people wanting to stay in their house at low rates, that, that is going to, you know, create that, uh, that appreciation there. But again, rates being, uh, playing an issue or a factor in that as well. Yeah. So you see appreciation with some tempering and, uh, yeah, yeah. For the listeners, full disclosure, we're not economists. That's uh, that's 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 three three person three people's opinion. So, um, so that's it. You know, I'd like to end the call on a kind of an upbeat. And and Greg, uh, I want to come back to an offer you made to the listeners that we could end the call with uh, some tips for buyers uh, in this market. So, uh, I'd like to open the floor to you to share some of those tips. Yeah, my pleasure. And first, just a comment. Uh, you know, I think we're all in agreement in terms of what lies ahead in Arizona. And uh, I wrote a, an article that I think your listeners might find interesting. It's called Home Ownership for the Privileged, and it relates primarily to Arizona. And also the tips that I'm going to give everyone in terms of buying a home. Uh, my uh, luxury home company here in Arizona is Hague Partners, H-A-G-U-E Partners. They could go to our blog, Hague Partners blog, and find that. So tips for buying a home. Number one, access to inventory early. Connect with a firm that will do that for you. Connect with several. 
Number two, put up an impressive earnest money deposit. You know, it's refundable if you don't get the loan or the inspection. Number three, have your listing agent, your buyer agent, get to know the listing agent. Number four, craft your offer. So it's what the seller wants to see. And number five, have your lender go to bat for you. Have your lender really go to bat for you beyond a prequal. Those are the things, as I say, we, we sell 20, 30 homes a day here. And those are the five main things that help buyers win our listing agents over and end up winning our homes. Well, I'll tell you, those are great tips. I, I, I am, I, I, I'm personally fired up and ready to go buy something. So you, you've given me, you've given me some great tips there. Uh, thanks, Greg. I sure appreciate those. Uh, Mitch, regarding the regarding the loan side of the equation, uh, Greg touched on a, a point you had made earlier on the loan uh, prequal. But um, anything else that uh, that uh, folks should be really paying attention to on the loan side uh, at this time. As Greg mentioned, pre-qualification is definitely, uh, you know, something that a borrower would need to get up front. Um, it's very advantageous when they're making that offer. And one thing I want to clarify, so I'll get a lot of clients that will come to me saying they want a pre-approval versus a pre-qualification. Well, and really the difference between the two is a pre-approval, you're providing all your financial documentation and an underwriter is actually reviewing that. But I just wanted to point that out. There is a difference between the two. Um, but in the, I think in the broker's eyes, when they're making the offer, as long as they see a pre-qualification form completely filled out, um, meaning that that we have received and reviewed um, tax returns, bank statements, pay stubs, W-2s, things like that, that makes it for more of a solid and effective pre-qualification versus um, someone that doesn't review all those items. And we've done many of these deals, so we, we typically know what to look for. Um, especially in self-employed borrowers, you know, this bank doing a lot of portfolio lending. We're not uh, a stranger to self-employed borrowers. So that's probably a higher percentage of my deals that I'm working with. The other thing that, that Greg touched on is, is follow up with the, those agents. So that that is something that I do, you know, in my day-to-day practice when I have a purchase. Um, as soon as we get that purchase contract, I'm reaching out to that the, both agents to let, introduce themselves just in case they don't know who I am already. And, uh, and letting them know that I'm here if they need anything. Also making sure that they, they know that, you know, the, the loan status updates so that they know what's going on with the loan, that those will be sent out on this particular day. If there's any other day, um, you know, they can request that at the time and we'll accommodate them. But again, I think that if, if you're communicating with the agents and with the borrowers, it makes it for a more successful transaction all the way around. Mitch and Greg, I, I want to thank you both for sharing uh, your your time, uh, uh, sharing your expertise in the industry. I know our listeners, uh, this is such an important aspect to um, all of our lives. Uh, I think this information is, is, is so important. I think our listeners are going to truly enjoy and learn from it, which, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what we're hoping to do. As we said, we're trying to provide information that you can only get from having a friend in the industry. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much for joining Financial Sense podcast today. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, here's to a, a healthy, uh, robust Arizona real estate residential market. Once again, I'd like to thank you for watching Financial Sense. Please be sure to check us out on your favorite podcasting platform or also watch us on YouTube.
All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. The podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research, recommendations, representations, or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements of any information contained in this podcast and any liability from Zion's Bank Corporation NA or its divisions, including direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. or any of its divisions. Zions Bank Corporation N.A. is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice, investment, or otherwise by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. All loans subject to credit approval and property evaluation. Terms and conditions apply. Contact a banker for details. NMLS number 467014. Copyright reserved by Zions Bank Corporation NA. National Bank of Arizona is a division of Zions Bank Corporation NA, member FDIC.